The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. Hey, the title of the message today is Jesus, My Greatest Hope. And uh, um, I just, you know, if you know Hebrews, right, we've been studying it now two chapters and we're getting into chapter three, right? You just turn over to chapter three of Hebrews. Um, you know this, right? The author, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is writing to these people to encourage them, to remind them, to exhort them, don't quit. Don't stop now. If you're in Christ, continue in Christ, right? And it's in the continuing that you prove that you're in Christ at all anyway, right? And so a lot of us want to do the churchy thing and go, well, I'm just going to try harder then. Right? Just to prove that I'm saved. That's not really proof. That's only proof that you can try harder. <laughs> it ought to flow. It ought to flow because it's our only hope. It ought to flow out of who we are. And I just want to remind you not to try harder today. Right? Now, at the end of this message, the goal isn't that you were like, oh, he said a few things, and so now i got to do a few things. I'm going to try harder. The goal is that you'll rest longer in the arms of Jesus Christ, because he's our only hope, that you'll remember who he is and what he has done, and that you will look to him. That's the goal. You got to look at him, right? You got to keep him in mind. You got to consider him. You got to count him, um, all of these things. So I broke it down this way, Hebrews chapter 3, Verses 1 through 6. Let me read it for you. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all of God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. Can we agree that that's true? That a house by itself really has no glory, right? You can go look at it and be like, whoa, look at that. But really, the architect, the person that laid the plants, God, and the builder, Jesus Christ, made it really cool, right? That's what he's talking about. For every house is built by someone, praying that you'll be built by Christ. But the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house. I think that's really key. Don't lose that. And we are his house. And you're like, wow, we're his house? Woo! Yes. But notice the next word, if. So it's a little checkup today, right? A little checkup like if. Okay, so a good way to check ourselves, believers. Are we true? Are we true? All right? Or are we just faking it? Because if we're faking it, we want to know we're faking it, right? I want to get on the true train. I don't want to be faking it. I don't want to think I have it when I don't have it. I want to know that I have it, right? So this will be really encouraging to all you believers, not perfectly, but progressing in these things, right? 
We are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting. Yes, it's good to boast in our hope firm to the end. Here's the thing. These Jews were being reminded by the author not to go back to casual Christianity, not to go back to Judaism, to just check the box, walk in, walk out church, right? Where they could just not have any suffering, no persecution, no sacrifice in my life. It's hard to come and hear the Word of God asking you to be Christ-like when my natural tendency isn't to be Christ-like, when my flesh is fighting that all the time. It's hard. It'd be easier if we just went back to church the way we used to do it. We just walk in, walk out, maybe you put a few dollars in the plate, I don't know, and then at the end of the day you just feel good about yourself. And these guys are like, hey, this Jesus thing was cool for a while, but man, you ask too much. It's too hard. Persecution, suffering, it's all here. I'm not going to die for this. We're going back. We could still serve Moses. We could still serve in the house of God through Judaism. I think we're tempted to do that as well, aren't we? That's what they were tempted to do, and I think we're tempted to do that as well. So, I'm going to give you five actions that I take daily, okay? And I want you to take them daily, okay? I'm saying I as in you, as in me, we. Five actions that we are committed, okay? I'm really asking you to recommit today. Recommit to these things. Every day you're going to do these things. Every day. We kind of need to recommit every Sunday, don't we, Andrew? I mean, every Sunday I come and I'm just like, all right, let's recommit again, all right? Like baptism, they were like all getting in the tank. But you know what? They've been a week out now. They all need to recommit. You know what I'm saying? Pretty powerful time last week, but now we all got to, let's get in again, right? Let's just recommit again. So here's five actions I take daily because Jesus is my greatest hope. And five actions I take daily as a true believer in Jesus Christ. Here's the first one. You see it in verses 1 and 2. True believers... You're going to write that a few times. I'm just reminding you, okay? True believers consider Jesus faithful. True believers consider Jesus faithful. Do you see it there? Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the prophet and high priest, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all of God's house. He's holding Moses up as a great example. Moses was really, really faithful. What do you think about Moses? Let's just take a survey. Moses, good guy, bad guy? Just go ahead. Come on, let's vote. Come on. Moses, good guy, bad guy? Yeah, right? Like, I mean, I'm kind of like this with it, right? I mean, he struck the rock when he wasn't supposed to, right? And he didn't get to go into the promised land. So how is he faithful? That's kind of how I was thinking, because we got the rest of the story. But the Jews, man, the Jews, they were like, Moses. It was just like we've been over the angel thing, right? Now they're like, angels, oh. And now they're like, Moses, whoa. You know, and you know what? Moses led them out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery. 
That's a pretty big deal, right? And it's been passed on, all the works, all the wonderful things that God did through Moses. Pretty crazy. Moses is faithful. Nobody is sinless, okay? That's Jesus. But Moses is faithful, okay? You need to know that today. And you need to know that that's what they're saying in the word today. They're not like, well, Moses is kind of faithful, but Jesus is really faithful. They're like, Moses is faithful, right? I just want to make sure I got that clear. Moses is faithful. He's like the best of the best. Humanly speaking, no one better than Moses, right? Who buried Moses? God buried Moses. Anybody else? No, right? Moses is faithful. He served the Lord, even when the children of Israel wanted to stone him, wanted to say, what have you done to us? He stuck with it. He cried out for them. He said, God, (laughs) save them, right? Even when Miriam and Aaron, his brother and sister, talked bad about him, (laughs) he's like, didn't defend himself. God defended him and said, this guy, he's faithful. You can read it in Numbers chapter 12. And then God did crazy, like Miriam had leprosy, and, and then Moses started crying out, praying for her. This guy was faithful. I think I've proved my point. He's faithful. The question is, will we be faithful, Right? But the standard isn't Moses. I want you to know that. In the text, he says, consider Jesus. Right? So get your eyes off of Moses. Or better yet, how about this? Get your eyes off your spiritual hero. Who's your spiritual hero? Who's the person that you're like always quoting? Right? Like I know people, they're like, quoting their favorite preacher all the time. John Piper says, da 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 John Piper's an awesome guy. Very faithful servant of God. Matt Chandler, man, when he talked, but Matt Chandler, good guy. Right, faithful. James McDonald, that's my favorite preacher. I'm like, James McDonald, I've quoted him probably in this message because so much of it is in me. But is that what we're considering Faithful. Are we considering Jesus, right? Who's your spiritual hero? Is it, is it somebody who led you to Christ? Pretty cool. Somebody who showed you the way, shared the gospel. Somebody that baptized you in a tank. You're like, whoa, Matt, he's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. God's awesome in him, right? Using him in powerful ways. It's great. Maybe it's somebody that's discipling you right now. Maybe it's your small group leader. Give honor to whom honors do, right? But give glory to God. Give glory to God. It's only by Jesus Christ. It's only in Christ. It's only because they're considering Christ <laughs> that they're able to do these things that would look like Christ, that would be faithful at all. Maybe it's your pastor the one who's feeding you. I uh, call Ron Zappia my pastor, and definitely I get fed by James McDonald pretty much weekly. 
And I look to those guys for a lot of things. But the point here is consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Consider to think about, to fix your thoughts on, to understand fully. I'm asking you to give a careful consideration of who Jesus is and what he has done for you. I'm asking you not to just give a quick glance. I went to church. That was awesome. But I'm asking you to look deeply into the eyes of Jesus Christ and to consider him. Has he ever let you down? You're like, oh, yeah, well, when I got sick. Really? Did he let you down when you got sick? Or was that him refining you and using you, right? Bringing about something in you. I don't like back pain. Right? Wendy, you didn't like going to the ER last, last week. I mean, right? I mean, we don't like this stuff. Right? But God's using it. God's not faithless or unfaithful because he's using something in my life to get my attention back on him when somehow, some way I got it off. He's loving me in that. And even if it's for no other reason other than just to glorify God, that thing is worth it. Right? Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. I'm thinking about all the time we're going to spend hopefully praying over the next couple weeks. Will we ever regret it? Have you ever sat, rolled up to God and started praying? And Have you ever regretted that time? When you've really considered Jesus and who he is and what he's done, when you've rolled up to the word of God and read it, have you ever regretted it? I've never once regretted any of that. I regret when I don't consider him, when I don't take it into account, when I just go start my day because I'm busy and I slept in. I regret that. Jesus is faithful. He's an apostle, a high priest, a son. He's a messenger, a mediator, and a master. I could preach so much more about that, but I think you get the point. He was sent. He was sent as a last word to save us from ourselves. I think you should consider him today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Consider him today. Consider him. All right? Consider him faithful. The second thing, verses 3 and 4. True believers count Jesus worthy. True believers count Jesus worthy. Count him worthy. He has been counted worthy. This is, has been counted worthy. Do you see it there? For Jesus has been counted worthy. Those four words are one word in the Greek. The word is worthy. And here's what it means. To consider, man, did we just not go over this? Seems like I'm like repeating the point. Yeah, it's kind of like that. To consider worthy, to deem worthy, to deserve. He deserves, he deserves, Jesus deserves Jesus deserves not only that you think of him, right, but that you think of him well. So he deserves, Jesus deserves, just make a note of this, Jesus deserves greater glory. Whatever glory you think you're reflecting back to him, he deserves more. Right? He just does. He deserves more. I'm like, man, I'm doing everything I can. I'm just like, what up? I'm just like serving the Lord. I think I'm good stuff. Top, I'm top notch. 
Really? I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but like when we get in that self-righteous spot, we just got to remember, he's greater. He deserves more than that. You might be pouring all you got out. Good job. I'm doing it too. Good job. We're pouring it all out for him. Awesome. Woo! But just know in doing that, that he's just way more than all that. We're just unworthy servants simply serving him. It's not like I have a corner on the market because I'm pouring out. He deserves a greater glory. And more than Moses, this is a crazy example. Jesus, uh, (laughs) the Jews gave Moses such high regard, but Jesus is like, hey, 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 hey. I made Moses. I breathed the breath of life into Moses. I spoke to him in the burning bush. When he put the staff in the water, I split the Red Sea. Just think about that. Like a house and a builder, right? Like the glory doesn't even compare. Jesus deserves so much more attention than any human. And you're here listening to me for 30, 40 minutes. Awesome. Jesus deserves more than that. Go home, fix your mind, consider Jesus, look into his word, faithful, he's faithful. If you look into his word, 30, 40 minutes, he'll speak to you, he'll minister to you, and if you count him worthy of that time, he will meet you there, and he will give you what you need. There's nothing that compares to Jesus. Give Jesus all the glory. Give him your time. Give him your talents. Give him your treasure. Give him everything. Count him worthy of glory and of this, of faithfulness. I just look in the passage. I see all of these. uh, It starts in verse 2, God's house. And then uh, Jesus counted worthy of uh, more glory than Moses. As much more glory as the builder of the house the second time. Has more honor than the house the third time. Uh, itself and for every house a fourth time is built on someone but the builder of all things is God and then he says it later in verse 5 and then again in verse 6 what's he talking about what's he talking about he's talking about houses thanks for helping nobody actually said that I just said that I'm just kind of in a hurry I got like nine minutes and I gotta keep going I like to have you answer when I talk so don't get me wrong by my brevity today what is he talking about when he says house this is very important to understand he's talking about a family a household the people of God when it says God's house the people of God and then he's got some, you know, he's talking about houses and builders and building. He's making a, a, a metaphor. He's making it like clear to them through that. But what the word is in all of these instances is he's really trying to say, this is a family I'm building. This is a family I'm building. This is a family I'm building. It's not a building itself. It's a family. And that just reminds me about our key verse for the last couple years and one more year next year, right? All right, so I just want to Throw it on the screen so you get what we're talking about. So Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verses 19 through 22. Go ahead and look at this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. Hey, that good? good news? Yeah, Jesus knows me personally. I love that. 
but you are fellow citizens, the heavenly calling, remember that? With the saints and members of the household of God. We are members of the household of God. See how he's using that term? Hopefully that makes it clear. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So we had a theme last year, the prophets. This year we're on Christ the cornerstone. Next year is on the apostles. And we're trying to build you up. You see all these built strong shirts around here? Like, that's the theme for the three years. If you're new to us, that's the theme that we've been studying. We've been trying to be built up, strong in Christ. Built strong on the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, I think he's talking about you, the building, the church, being joined together, grows into a holy temple. Sounds like a building to me. In the Lord, in him, you also are being, you also are being built. You're the building. You're the living stones. You're the people that came in here today, and he put you up. And the bigger it gets, the more people with the Holy Spirit come in, the bigger the dwelling place that God can dwell. He sends his Holy Spirit, and it fills it up. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The Spirit is dwelling here through the living stones. That's why we preach the gospel, so that people will come to Christ. So there'll be more people who have it. So the house, literally God's house, God's family, would be built stronger. Not just larger. It's stronger when it's larger, yes. But stronger. Built strong. I wanted to share that with you just to keep you refreshed on our whole three-year theme, but also so you could see what he's meaning by house, right? So he's not just greater glory, deserving of greater glory. He's also, Jesus deserves greater faithfulness. Since he's the one building the house, since we're his people, since we're his family, since we're his church, he deserves our faithfulness. That leads us to the next point. Verse 5. True believers serve Jesus faithfully. True believers serve Jesus faithfully. No, this is not a ploy to get you to go work in kids. Although that would be really smart if you have any desire to do it. Seriously. Because we're all called to use our gifts. But it says in verse 5... Now Moses was, what does it say? Wow, Jared, me and you, we're just having a conversation. Jared's reading the word with me. Anybody else? Now, Moses was found what? Faithful. Moses was faithful in all God's house. That's in God's family. That's in God's people, right? Who is that talking about? The people of Israel at that time. As a servant, as a servant And what does a servant do? To testify to the things that were to be spoken later. So Moses is like this. Right? He's pointing the way to Jesus. He's like, hey, that way. Right? But have you ever been on a tour? My mom used to be a tour guide. Don't tell her I told you. She was a tour guide at Mayo for a long time. And she did a good, she's ridiculous at it. All right? I've been on several tours, trust me. All right? So She's retired, but she used to do that. You know, 
dress up in the uniform and all that and tell everybody like all these thousands of things about mail, right? And just verbatim like they're like nothing. But she wasn't like, you know, like she wasn't drawing attention to herself. Do you get that? Look at me as I point to Jesus. Like she wasn't doing that. Nor would we as a tour guide, as a pointer, as we testify to Jesus. We're not like, you know, like we're not just like, look at me. You know. Don't, that's not what we're doing, right? So when we serve, that's not what we're doing, right? We're not like, hey, look at me, I'm the head usher. Hey, look at me, I'm this. Look at me. Oh, I do, I do, I do, I do. Like, you know, that's not what we're doing. We're simply just going, every time I serve, I'm preaching the gospel to somebody. Every time I raise a finger or have a thought towards Christ and do something with it, I'm just going like this. I'm just pointing to Christ. I know the deacons have gone around and just kind of encourage you guys, say, because it's, you know, spring, it's kind of hard, it gets kind of tough, and you that are serving, well done. I know they've come and encouraged you, and I hope they're also encouraging you by inviting other people, right? And we're all inviting all of you to serve faithfully. Moses was a faithful servant in, key word, in, everybody say in, in, in God's house, as a part of the family. Maybe one of the key members of God's family. But Jesus was faithful as a son. You see it there? Jesus was faithful as a son, verse 6. But Jesus was faithful over God's house as a son. Jesus is faithful as a son over as the one that created, as the one that died for, as the one that gave his life for the bride of Christ, the church. He's over all of God's people. Is he over you? He's over all of God's people. So is he over you? He built the church, and he continues to build it. In fact, Matthew 16, 18 says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now that is a promise I want to get behind. He doesn't promise that to you, Tim, at home. Okay? It's not a promise to you personally, Jared. It's not a promise to you at work, Michael. Maybe. It's a promise for the church, for us, for the believers that are gathered here. I will build my church. So when we serve him faithfully, he's doing work. He's doing work. He's behind the scenes building that thing up for his glory. True believers serve faithfully. Where else do you have a promise like that? You don't. Where else and what else would you give your life for? And I got to just stop right there. I'm not condemning. But there's been plenty of times in my life where I gave myself to wrong things. Where I gave myself, just poured my, I'm such a passionate person, where I just poured myself out to the wrong things. And what I'm pleading you to do, what I'm encouraging you to recommit to, is to the pouring out of yourself 
for the church, for the local church, the thing God is using to show people his son, Jesus Christ. That's the hope. That's the hope. The hope is in the church of Christ. That as we're knit together, that as we're gathering together, that people will see our love for one another and that we're faithfully serving each other, laying down our own thing for his thing. And that they will go, whoa, what is going on? People in the world don't act like that. You're right. We're acting like Jesus because he laid down his life for us. I want you to be encouraged in that. If you're giving yourself to something else, I pray that you'll turn from that. I want you to serve Jesus faithfully in the local church and point others to love Jesus through the gospel, through the sacrifice, through the pouring out of ourselves. You get it? You get it? Do you understand what I'm asking you? Will you consider it? Will you consider Jesus faithful, the faithfulness of Jesus? Will you count him worthy? If you will, then a great application of that is to serve him faithfully. All right, then these last two really quick. True believer, confess Jesus openly. True true believers, confess Jesus openly. Just look down at verse 6. But Christ is faithful over the house as a son and we are his house. Just, just, just kind of just lay your hands open and just revel in that a second. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that you just ought to eat that up. I mean, he has said all these things. Holy brothers, only time in the New Testament he said that. Just be like, just lay it out. Just be like, I'm a holy brother or sister. I have a heavenly calling, right? I'm called by God to a heavenly citizenship. Just think about this. And I am his house. He is my builder. He is my master. I am his house. I am. I'm God's house. He dwells here. This is where his address is. That's crazy. And that leads me to confess. So, We are his house if, there's that key word there, if. I circled it in my Bible because I think it's a really good clarifier, okay? If. So a lot of us think, well, I'm God's house. I'm a holy brother. Look at, I'm in church today, right? I got a heavenly calling because I said I got a heavenly calling. (laughs) Who called you? I don't know. Some pastor sometime called me. No, no, no. Jesus calls you to the heavenly calling. You get it? Jesus calls you to the heavenly calling. I can't call you to a heavenly calling. I could point you to it, but Jesus himself is going to call you to a heavenly calling. And Jesus himself is going to make you part of the house, a living stone. He's going to do it. Do you trust him to do it? Do you want him to do it? True believers confess Jesus openly. If, if we really know and love Jesus, we will confess him openly. If we know him, and if we love him, then it should just roll out of our mouth. Just roll out. It just be part of our day. When we're talking to somebody at the grocery store, when we're talking to somebody at the gas station, we're talking to somebody at work, I'm not like, what can I say, what can I say? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
I'm just being open. I'm being frank. I'm being bold. Right? That's what the word confidence means. The word confidence means boldness, frankness, openness. To say openly, plainly, and freely. I'm not hindering myself. I'm not withdrawing myself because I think you might be offended. I'm not trying to offend you. That's clear. I'm not being a jerk about it, Christians, right? But I'm not curbing who I am and what God's doing in my life for anyone. Do you get that? hope that's clear. If we do that daily, we're true believers. We're true believers. And then this. True believers hope in Jesus confidently. They hope in Jesus confidently. It's the end there. And our boasting in our hope. Hold fast to our boasting in our hope. Jesus is my only hope. Jesus is the reason I boast. He's the reason I have a heavenly calling. He's the reason I'm holy and set apart. He's the reason. So those who hold fast their confession and hope are proving that they are truly born again. When we hold fast, we're proving that we are truly hold again, uh, born again. It's not just starting right. Hey, great thing, baptism last week. Some people are starting off, but it's sticking to it, right? So today, I'm calling us to recommit, to stick to it, right? We're not just starting well and then that's yeah, done. Stick to it. Recommit. Let's go. Let's go. Recommit. True believers hope in Jesus confidently. But even more than recommitting every day and being born again at one time, catch this, we are to enjoy it. We are to find joy in it. That's what hope is. Hope is I know it's going to happen, so I'm already happy about it. I'm already cranked up. I'm already living an eternal life. That's what's happening. We are here to enjoy our spiritual journey and not just endure it. I mean, so many preachers, we just preach endure, 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 remain under it, remain under it. But remain under it how? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, right? Remain under it. Count it joy. I get to do this. I get to serve. I get to suffer. I get to whatever it takes for Jesus. He did it for me. I'm doing it for him. I'm not put off by that. I'm enjoying it. I'm happy to do it. We're not burdened by the past and our sin. Hey, it's all forgiven. Correct? I mean, I should get an amen on that for sure. And we're not threatened by our present circumstances. Loss of job, trial, health situation. We're not. We're not threatened by that because our hope is in God. We are living in a future tense, in a future joy, in a future glory, in eternal life. I'm already living in eternal life. I'm going to throw these verses up to encourage you. Okay, we're going to take our offering. Go ahead and come, guys. Titus chapter 3, verse 7. So that being justified by grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. So that by two unchangeable things, in which is it impossible for God to lie. Did you know that? It's impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge, 
might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. You have hope set right before us. You guys can wait on the offering until we pray. Okay, go ahead and wait until we pray. Sorry. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Did you know that? Your hope in Christ is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. You came in here today. I'm sure you had circumstances, problems, sin issues. We all do. I'm sure you had things you were thinking about as you came in. Things that were on your heart, on your mind. But I want to read this over again. That we have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. See, these guys with the sacrificial system, they got that. And then this verse from Peter, 1 Peter 1. Therefore, here's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm sum it up in one verse. You should memorize this verse. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I've come to church to encourage you, church. Don't turn back now. Don't stop now. Keep on going no matter how hard it may get, no matter how much you may have to suffer or sacrifice. This is the church. This is God's way to save the world. And we, we, the true believers, the church of Jesus Christ, are the greatest hope, the greatest opportunity this world has to see Jesus. Do you see that? It's our hope in Him that will shine bright and be hope for this dying world. Let's go after that. All right? Let's pray and take our offering. Father God, I'm grateful for this word, for this passage. I'm not sure I've done it justice. There's so much more there. I pray that people will go read it and soak on it, that they'll consider you, Jesus, that they'll count you worthy, that they'll serve you faithfully that they'll confess you openly. God, that they will hope in you and in your Son, Jesus, confidently. Please, Lord, give us strength beyond our means. Help us to get our eyes off of our situation, off of our past sin, and help us to look forward to the day when you will come and the grace that we will see in your face as you run to us Help us to keep serving you and to keep sharing your name. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.